one of the invitations I always get my clients to do is borrow my belief in you until you really deepen your belief in you because I see the potential in you and I want to help you unleash that. But at the moment, you probably are focusing on things and you might get a lot of struggles going through it. Don't know who or how to ask. Actually, more often than not in the struggle phase, you do not know how to ask and what to ask for help. And so when you're going through that, let me help you. Let me show you. Welcome to the More Clients, Less Effort podcast, where we provide expert insights and strategies to turbocharge your business growth. I'm your host, Tim Hyde. And in this series, we'll unpack the secrets, proven systems, and the sales and marketing strategies used by successful business owners to attract, convert, and keep A-class clients on autopilot. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur looking to scale your customer acquisition or a budding startup owner looking to crack the code on attracting the right clients, you've come to the right place. Join us on this journey to building a thriving business that leaves a lasting impact. Now let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of More Clients, Less Effort. I'm your host, Tim Hyde, and I am absolutely thrilled today to be joined by the incredibly talented and beautiful Jocelyn Chong. Jocelyn, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much, Tim, for having me on your show. No, it's great. Great to have you here. Look, Jocelyn, if you don't know Jocelyn, Jocelyn is the leading communication specialist, business consultant, four-time number one international best-selling author, keynote speaker, podcast host of the most, right? Uh, and she helps empower ambitious service-based entrepreneurs and executives to manage their mindset, attract five-star clients, and most importantly, fall in love with their business again, which I think is incredibly, incredibly powerful. Um, Jocelyn's worked a lot in the term in uh, teams in the banking and finance sector and has over 15 years experience in leadership, governance, and project delivery, and a thought leader in many publications. And what I love, Jocelyn, is you've also infused a huge amount of spirituality in your business um, by building a sort of heart-centered entrepreneur uh, business and compassionate and resourceful okay and you also love thriving on human transformation and helping others create a business and life by design okay and it's probably some of the reasons why you've been featured in so many publications around the world and in australia and i know that when we you're not working on a business we can find you uh, working on your own self-development and enjoying nature and planning getaways now, I'm kind of in awe of all that because that's an incredible uh, introduction. In fact, I, on my B&I group this morning, I, uh, I announced that I'd won the, Ford, the the Dakar rally three times on PlayStation. That's wonderful. Congratulations oh, on yeah. that achievement. There we go. So, someone has to, right? Somebody's got to cheer you on and celebrate you for that milestone. Where does your passion for business come from? I actually grew up in the family business. Yeah. And so I watched my grandparents do business and I live in the business. And so I didn't know it different because my grandfather was really selling and we do import and export hand goods. Mm. And then we distribute them to different um, stores, the like of like Coles and Myers, um, in Malaysia. Yeah. And so I see their spirit and how much they love people. 
and my grandmother loved her products. And I remember she once told me, you know, don't give people the dented goods and um, make sure that every single goods in there are in their best condition. And for the dented ones, just discounted that or use that, you know, um, as like a bonus for someone else. And I was like, wow, she really care about even the quality, the presentation of it. You know, I was like, I was so moved by that. And in her last final hours, she still knew all her product items. Like she loved the products that she sell, that she represented. And she really cared about her clients. And I was like, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do for someone else. Because that is passion. That is like fire burning in your body. And and the love that she had for her business, that was powerful. So that that really was contagious for me. And that was why I love business. When did you, I mean, obviously when you grow up in an entrepreneurial family like that and you're surrounded by that every single day, right? You learn so much, right? And a lot of people haven't. A lot of people come to business from corporate and we see that every time there's a some form of global disaster, you know, like the GFC or COVID or whatever, people go, you know, it's an opportunity for reflection and you go, no, I don't want to be in corporate anymore. I'm going to go and, you know, create my, create my life. I'm going to, you know, take it by the horns and stuff. What do you think the advantage of growing up in a business like you did is to sort of coming to it later on? Is, is, are there advantages? And if so, what are they? So my grandparents worked so hard so that their kids can be educated overseas in Australia. Yeah. And then their kids, which are my parents, wanted us to be educated so that you can get a better job. But my parents and all the brothers and sisters actually went out to work for someone else. And then later stage in their lives, mm. then they start their own business. So there is an advantage to work for a company large organization to learn the skills, the structure, the way to work with others. And then with all those skills that you have acquired over time, you can transition that to your own practice. And I found that that is powerful because you get to kind of invert the commas, learn all the mistakes, right? And then you have a safety net. And then when you start your own business, at least you already knew the basic, the fundamentals, and then you can focus your time and energy on the segment that needs time and energy to focus on. What was your first thing? Okay. I mean, you're growing up, you're gone. I can see some stuff and I think, you know, the opportunity to kind of see your grandparents' passion for for something as, as trivial as just, you know, does this tin have a, a dent in it, right? It's, it's, it's so powerful. Tell me about your first solo venture. How did you go, you know, and I I see this rather than maybe taking over the family business. Did you go, I'm going to forge my own path. I'm going to do this by myself. Well, talk, talk to me about that moment. So in Asia, I celebrate Chinese New Year. I'm, I'm Chinese, Malaysian born Chinese. And my grandmother used to give us red packets. And when you give someone red packet, you accompany that with like positive affirmation. 
And one year she said to me, you know, one day you'll be a CEO of your company. Like she wished me that luck. She wished me that good wish. She, she spoke into my role. And so I remembered that corner that she blessed me with that red packet. And I received that. And that was like seed sowing in my brain, in my world. And she's always been someone that champions my success. You know, someone that cheers me on, someone that believes in what I do and want me to excel. And when you have someone like that speaking so positively in your world, you cannot help but grab that and absorb that. And so that was how I thought it's possible for me to set up my own business. And I held on to that because it's words that speak like every day in my head. Like her voice is powerful. She has passed away in 2014. But, you know, I still hear her voice. I still yeah. hear the empowerment, the things that she said to me, the actually the actions while she said to me is still so real and so present for me. Yeah. So that was how I really felt that, yeah, I knew her. There's something that she saw in me that I could do. Yeah. I, I, I love that. I think that, you know, that inspiration, you know, often we lose sight, I think, as, as entrepreneurs, right? We, it's not, it's not the easiest job in the world, right? We've got to learn so many skills about so many different things. And if you've ever read the E-Myth, you know, you, you'll understand that, you know, most people come to business because they're good technicians. I'm good at what I do and I'm going to be better than my boss because they're an idiot <laughs> and so on. But I think when you, you know, the one of the advantages of certainly growing up in an entrepreneurial family, you start to see all the other aspects. And even if you're not necessarily consciously aware of all the other things that you're picking up, you are picking up so many other skills. And one of those, I think, is is so important is that resilience that I can see in you, right? And, and that I know that you help with help people with as well, right? Because, you know, not everything always goes your own way, but you've got to have be able to sort of grab onto something that, that's that driving North Star for you to go, this is why I'm doing that. And I can sense in you, Jocelyn, that, you know, one of the reasons that you're doing what you do is because you have this incredible respect for your grandparents and, and particularly your grandmother um, that you almost wouldn't want to let it down to say, sorry, grandma, I have to give this up. I can't do it anymore. Spot on. Spot on. <laughs> but it is, and if we lose sight of those things, I think that's why people sort of fall out of love with their business, isn't it? And I think you need to surround yourself with people who believe in you, especially entrepreneurs that you're starting out, you need others to believe in you before you develop that full certainty and knowing that you can believe in yourself. So one of the invitations I always get my clients to do is borrow my belief in you until you really deepen your belief in you because I see the potential in you and I want to help you unleash that. But at the moment, you probably are focusing on things and you might get a lot of struggles going through it don't know who or how to ask 
actually more often than not in the struggle phase, you do not know how to ask and what to ask for help. Mm. And so when you're going through that, let me help you. Let me show you. Let me reveal to you what is possible, your next steps. And so that is important. Maybe borrowing someone's belief at the start, if you don't have your full belief that you could do this yet, but you have that vision, that passion, and you want to do it. You have a reason, a very strong reason to do it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think one of the, one of the things I love, and I, I mentioned before we started recording that I, uh, I presented at my B&I group this morning, right? and we had 13 visitors, so I think there was you know, 35 or so people there, which was, which was just amazing. But, you know, one of the things I love about being, putting myself into a group like that, whether it's a BNI or any other networking group, is that you're surrounding yourself with people who are also facing a lot of the similar challenges to you, right? And you learn from them about how they're dealing with those things. And I think, I think you're absolutely right. You know, surround, when you surround yourself with positive people, you feel better. Right, you know, it's that that rule about the five people you spend the most time with, right? And and you adopt their attitude, adopt their positivity or negativity, as the case may be, right? You adopt their ambition or lack thereof um, by the choices of the people you spend your time around. And I, I think one of the things I'd definitely encourage listeners to do, <laughs> like in the next ten minutes. Um, you know, get out a bit of paper and write down the five people that you spend the most time with and work out, are these people kind of lifting me up or not, right? And if they're not, maybe you should, you know, cross one of those names out and replace it with somebody else who can help you live the life that you want to live. And I, I, I shared a, a quote that I, I want to, uh, I may or may not get it right, but um, that, you know, you've got to think about other choices I'm making this today right going to set me up for the life that i want tomorrow mm, absolutely and i also want to add on to that point where you are the average five that you hang out with and that's so real even doing that exercise every quarter let's say every hundred days because you still need to stretch yourself and i practice that intentionally because I need to find people who are 20 steps ahead of me, 100 steps ahead of me, and draw upon their positivity. And it is hard to separate yourself from people that you know and you feel so comfortable and you feel that you don't want to leave them. Yeah. But it is very important to have that willingness to let them go and replace it with someone else. It's it if you want to grow, yeah, because it's hard. Like sometimes you go, I know them so well already. This is a community I built. Equally, if you want to expand, it's so important to be willing to cross their name out, like you said, and then find someone who believes in you or see you or something about them that you want, and they stand as role model. And they are people that have got the qualities that you're looking for in the next phase of who you become. Yeah. And by doing so, you get closer to the person that you're going to become by spending time, like being in their aura, being in their conversation, the words they use, the energy they 
transmit, whether it's through Zoom or e-person, it makes a huge difference. And one of the posts that I did recently on LinkedIn was, what kind of rooms do you want to be in in 2024? Because you get to choose the kind of rooms that you want to be in. And some room you walk in, like the energy is not where it should be. Some room you walk in, you walk out like, oh my God, this is so inspiring. Like you, you walk out with that energy and that transmit. We're human beings. So you activate, you know, the three parts of your brain. We've got three parts of our brain. So you activate all that part that's like light up. So all your neurons just lit up. And that's, that's the kind of room that you want to be part of. And you get to choose that. That, that, that part is your, within your control. And that part, you can choose which room you want to be part of. And so my invitation is that choose the room that you want to be part of and take the courage to remove the names that not quite are there for you. Well, I think it's not just the names. that It's, it's the things that no longer serve you. So I know that you were in corporate for a long time and, and you found yourself you know, grappling with that internal void and going this, you know, I'm enjoying, you know, for, I'm sure for a lot of that 20 year career climbing the corporate ladder that you would uh, go, this is kind of what I want. Right. Um, but then you get to this point where you go, this is no longer serving me, you know, and, and I need to do something, something else. It was, for me, it was the same thing. And I'd been in the corporate ladder for, for a long time, um, had the golden handcuffs. It was very difficult to walk away from the pay, but I, I found that at a point, and, and, and I had told myself many times that I'd love what I do, that I could do this for the rest of my life. But I got to this point where I've gone, hmm, now this is no longer serving me. This is no longer where I want to be. I've, I've lost sight of what truly lights me up. And, you know, it wasn't just people in this case that no longer served me. It was the career I was in that no longer served me. And in some cases, you could even look at your business in the same context and say, hey, this business is no longer serving me. This is no longer crafting me the life that I want that allows time for genuine relationships and enjoyment of every single moment. I could relate to that because I was in the top level of the building where everyone aims for the office, you know, that you dream yeah, Your parents of. are super, your parents are super proud of you. They're like, oh my it's God, like, it's amazing. <laughs> how can I let go of you know, all the income, the bonus, I've built this up for that many years of my life. And then you're like, but I'm so far removed from that as a person. The real person within me is so buried. Like, can I live there any, any more than one more day? And that's where, you know, that's the sign that you've achieved that dream and it's time to create the next chapter of you career. Mm. Let's talk systems in terms of how you ensure that that happens repeatedly in your business now, right? And we talked, I know that you've got a system for sort of winning over and and keeping customers, right? Which is obviously really key. If you can share with me, what's what's your process by which you do that, right? Because we want the right customers. We don't just want any customers. And there are definitely, as we talked about, right? There are definitely customers that are on that list that should not be there. Right. Yes, the, talk yes, to me the, about talk to me about your system about how you ensure that you attract the right customers consistently. So here's the very simple three-step process. I do this with my clients 
Number one, write all the attributes that you want in your clients that you dream of, the five-star clients. Number two, write those attributes you don't want. Number three, write whether you have got those attributes. Oh, that's a nice one. I like that. That's a bit of a value bomb. Let's, let's go back to that, right? Because talk to me why it's important to put your attributes down and see whether these are things that you want or don't want in your customers. It's here's the thing. The third one is the part that's hardest. Because if you want, let's say you want amazing testimonials, but you're not willing to give testimonials to someone, you're not going to be an energetic match. You won the five-star clients, but you are not a five-star client to someone else. And it's going to be as simple as, you know, are you a five-star client to your cafe down the road? Then you become a mirror image of the five-star clients that you're going to attract. Because we are energetic beings. If we are willing to be a five-star client for someone else, you will naturally attract the five-star clients that come into you. Because a lot of people have double standards. And yeah, we all know easiest, we all know someone like that, right? The easiest way to control it is to control who we are. And if we are the five star client, reflecting that. If I want people to show up on my masterclass, they are participating, then I join someone else's masterclass and I participate. I'm engaged. I'm there hundred percent. So then you get the same energetic match. And once you do that. You will see your business really thriving because that is exactly how the technique around the spiritual practice comes in, right? Yeah. Because it's if we manifest what we want, then we got to be the first one being that person, like the being yeah. the walking example. And yeah. so I always, you know, invite my clients to go, let's go back to this very simple exercise. If you want someone who is willing to pay $25,000 for your offer, are you willing to pay $25,000 for someone's offer without all the complaints, all too expensive? You want to be like, I can transfer that immediately, happily, happily, like cheerfully. Because you want your clients to pay you cheerfully and not, you know, then asking for a refund, right? So yeah. then you got to start doing that. Because a lot of people aren't willing to do that, but they want clients like that. And so if we lead by example, it's so much easier for us to attract the clients that will go, yeah, of course, I will transfer, you know, $25,000 today and, you know, happily show up for the meeting, implement what you are teaching, showing, they are engaged, they are present, they get the results. Like my clients, you know, one of them started with me about six months ago. And at the time when she started with me, she was about $34,000 in revenue. Last week, we did our analysis. She made $240,000. Now, along the way, she needed to change her mindset. So we did very small tweaks, like words that you speak, right? Cast spell. And so we like, okay, we've got to change one sentence every single time, what you say, how you say it your energy that come across. If you're saying it, but you don't feel it, how can we practice feeling and embodying the whole energy so that when you see the clients, they're like coming to you. You're drawing clients rather than chasing clients. 
it's, it's such a different energy where you go and chase them and then you go, I mean, good example is you go to a networking event and you're like chasing the leads, right? There is that energy that is different where you just there, I'm certain of my product. I know I practice what I preach. They will come to me. Yeah. Well, the first sale, I think you're right though. The first sale is always made to yourself. And if you don't believe in the value of what it is you do for other people, that's going to reflect in how, as you say, that energy is projected, right? Through through your voice, through your words, through your presence in someone else's company. Um, and if you don't believe us, well, why should they believe it? And I, I, I really love that takeaway, right? If you wanted that, I mean, massive value bomb for me and light bulb moment absolutely if i'm not a five-star client for my coffee shop right if i don't bound down there with energy and you know i'm friendly and enthusiastic and thankful for even something as simple as a coffee how does that manifest and show up in my business when Someone does write me a $25,000 check for our program or a $50,000 check or even a $100 check. You know, if, if I don't treat my outstanding invoices uh, where I may not be able to pay them for whatever reason and treat those suppliers with the same respect, how can I possibly expect my clients to do the same for me? All right. And you're absolutely right, Jocelyn. You've got to show up the way that you want to be treated. And instantly, if you do that, you will see the change. So maybe start with small steps. All of us have got bills to pay. The next water bill, the next gas bill. Imagine you pay it, even if you have got direct debit. You pay it and you say, I'm so thankful for this bill. Whoever that you pay water bill to your council. And you you do it with gratitude. Your clients will pay you with gratitude too. Mm. So the equation is that the equation cannot change when you do that because you're doing it from a place of abundance. You're playing that really positive mindset. So, you know, next bill tonight you got for dinner, whoever that is serving you, whether over the counter for your next cocktail, thank you. Like, thank you. If you can actually say thank you to someone and look at them in the eye, you watch that magic, you feel that in your body. And now when you speak to someone and you can say thank you to just someone serving you or picking up the plate because they're clearing that in the breakfast tomorrow, that transference will then also transfer to your business. So yeah, just small things. Don't have to start small. Even thank your spouse, thank your team member, thank the next you know person that is collecting the payment at Shell where you put oil or petrol in your car. Yeah, well, it, it is. I um have this ambition to write a book called Betterer. It's going to be a very short book. It might only be two pages long. <laughs> hey, sometimes it's not the length. It's oh no, ChatGPT, ChatGPT Chat is going to help me. Right, it's going to be able to write the whole thing. But I have this theory that if we if we sort of plotted the, I guess, collective contribution of someone's life towards the betterment of life itself, right, you'd probably find it looks like a bell curve. There's a whole bunch of people in the middle who kind of like, yeah, all right, 
you, you've done it. You know, you've done some good things. You've done some ordinary things. You know, you've helped other people. You've been a bit selfish at other times. There's a bunch of people who are right at the top end, right? And they're ahead of what I would call the betterer line. Those are people who kind of go actively out of their way to improve the, you know, con the human condition, right? And I mean, I environmentally, I mean, socially, I mean, culturally, politically, you know, financially, whatever it happens to be. And then there's a bunch of people at the other end, you know, who we know they come into the taker's box, right? Uh, they're the people who kind of drain you, the energy vampires, as we, as we otherwise call them. Now, if we were to get people collectively, right, just challenge people to do the, some of the things that you're talking about, Jocelyn, right, to go, you know, when I thank someone, take a moment, take a deep breath, and actually be thankful when I'm thanking them. All right? When I greet my partner at the end of a hard day at work, I take a moment to get rid of my hard day at work and greet my partner with thanks that they're my partner. Right? When I talk to my team right, in my business, right? it's not like you are here entirely to serve me. It's a symbiosis. We serve each other to, for the betterment of our business. And the same thing with our clients as well. Right? You serve my business and I serve your business or you know, your needs as well. And actually, you're, you're right, just being that little bit more thankful, a little bit more patient, tolerant, ambitious, whatever, would actually make everyone better. And you'd actually attract more of the, that same energy into your own life. What a spot. Yeah, I love that. We're going to take another little pivot right now because there's so many value bombs and I'm going to go back and listen to this myself probably a couple of times right? because there's just so many takeaways already. And I love that. And I can even, like, as you said, I can even feel your energy coming through this Zoom call as we record, as we record this episode, which is awesome. But I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot. I'm gonna ask you a tough question here, and I want to know what has been the least favorite job you've ever held. I'll tell you this. So it's not a registered business, but I used to wash cars, and so I get paid by my family, yep. and that's one job or one unregistered business car wash that I don't do well. <laughs> okay, you're never going to do that again, luckily. No. <laughs> well, okay, yes, okay let, us, let us know the truth. Do you wash your car now? No. <laughs> I sent them to amazing places like Magic Car Wash to do the magic for me. There we go, Magic Car Wash. Shout out to you guys down in Melbourne there. What's the, uh, what's the source of your inspiration? Because it's very, it's very difficult, I think, to maintain this level of energy. But where do you turn to as a source for your inspiration? So a couple of things that I do. Um, I'm best when I spend time in nature. So whether I'm just going down for a walk by the beach, which are only five minutes away from the beach, and praying and sitting still. So I'm on my yoga mat six times a week. That is my place to set intention. That is my place where sometimes I just doing stretches and I've got all this inspiration dropping in and I'm like I need to record this but I am on my yoga mat but you know what when the right inspiration will come quickly after the session I'm like writing it down on my notes on my phone and then you know I draw inspiration from people who I here's the thing I constantly clean up my average five people that I spend time with 
I do that every month. And intentionally, if they are right for me, their voice is speaking into me. And also, it's a great way for me to expand who I hear from. And so, there are people that I'm waiting to unsubscribe their emails because their newsletter no longer serves me and it did its job for a season. So, I unsubscribe. I either unfollow or mute them because from our social media feed, there'll be people that are not inspirational for me in in my season, not in their season, but for my season. And I needed something more and different. And so then I invite different people that will speak into my world. So that's how I get inspiration. And then I keep it fresh because in the past, I used to think I need to make a lot more things complex, like add more into my schedule. But it's quite the opposite for me now. It's creating the white space and allow room for the magic to happen. And you can't manufacture magic. You just got to let it allow it into your space and allowing it like the best way I could describe it is when butterfly falls onto you and you cannot chase a butterfly to let it sit on you. Mm. Like it just lands on you because you're magnetic. Like you can't chase it. Yeah, it's not going to do it. (laughs) So that's how I draw upon my inspiration. Yeah. I really like that as actually creating the space to allow inspiration is is uh is so important. We I think as entrepreneurs we, we tend to sort of stack more and more and more on and think, yep, I'm I'm doing well because I'm doing more. And we almost wear it as a badge of pride in some ways. But, you know, taking that time out to kind of refresh, be still, allow the butterfly to land on you. Um, is a beautiful metaphor for finding that inspiration, you know, finding space for that inspiration to take you to that next level, you know, and have yeah. that clarity of clarity of focus and purpose. Tell me, tell me about an upcoming project that you're working on that you're uh, really excited about. Yesterday, I reached a hundred podcast episode, so celebrating that. But my hundred. I want to do a different podcast strategy. So that is my next adventure that I want to approach the podcast in a different style, um, add different things into it. So that's my project. Fantastic. Looking forward to, uh, to tuning into that. And if we want to find out more about you, more about your podcast and the next hundred episodes, where can we find you online? My podcast is on Apple iTunes and um, Spotify, Amazon. Sorry, it's called Magnetic Business Accelerator. That's my podcast um, channel. And where to find me, I am on LinkedIn and Facebook. And you can find me on my website. So yeah, if you type my name, underscore Jocelyn Charles underscore, you will find me. I'm in hot pink. So I stand out for the right reasons. And yeah, you can't miss me. Well, you look fabulous in hot pink, and it's a great photo as well. Um, we'll also put the link to the to to Jocelyn's uh, sites and podcast and everything and her social media links into the show notes. You can grab those over there at minimalclients.com.au forward slash podcasts. Um, I'm not sure what episode number this is we're up to right now, but it'll be uh, it'll be there. So you'll find those you'll find those links on that podcast. Jocelyn, thanks so much for joining me. It's been absolutely brilliant sharing your expertise. I've taken away so much, and I know that our listeners will as well. Thank you so much, Tim. All right, guys. 
Um, thanks again for joining us on another episode of More Clients Less Effort. If you've liked today's podcast, please like, share, follow, all that sort of cool stuff. And uh, we'll catch you on another episode real soon. Ciao for now. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of More Clients, Less Effort. Join us next time for another insightful discussion filled with actionable advice and inspiring stories, all geared towards helping you grow and scale your business simply and easily. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app so you never miss an episode. See you next time.